This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today on the big show, we check in with Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, find out what we can expect to see on the show this upcoming season, where he's filming right now, where the hot bite is in the Alexandria area and beyond, and a fast five, too. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, headed over to the Elbow Lake, Alexandria area, checking in with our friend Mike Frisch from Fish in the Midwest. We were supposed to talk tomorrow, but he's going to be filming. So first of all, Mike, welcome back to the show. And secondly, uh, what adventure do you have planned for tomorrow? Well, thanks, Kev. I always enjoy being on, on the show. Um... Our plan for tomorrow is we are making a um, Alexandria area feature um, on walleye fishing, and there's a couple of smaller lakes that I don't really want to mention the names. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um, we have a pretty good bite going on, and so our plan is to try to get some walleye tomorrow. Okay. Well, um, I I think your area is very much like our area in the sense that there are so many lakes to choose from, some really big, well-known, nothing secret about them, walleye lakes, and then the kind of lakes you're talking about, a little bit smaller, a little less uh, noticed, and uh, and people just don't like to talk about them. Right, exactly. Yep, yep. And, I mean, we have, you know, we have lots of, you know, bigger lakes, Miltona, Ida, those kind of places um, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but I we also have a bunch of small lakes. And right now, this time of the year, Kev, those small lakes are the ones that are producing fish because they're shallower and the water warms quicker, you know. So that, that's kind of what's driving it right now. Absolutely. And, and so, Mike, you've fished a lot of lakes in the Midwest, obviously, with what you do, and uh, many of them in Minnesota. How do the Alexandria lakes compare to the other lakes in Paul Bunyan County? They're very similar. Are there differences to them? Um, you know, right now, Kev, I think they're they're pretty similar to um, a lot of the lakes that we fish across the Midwest, and I kind of group lakes into two different categories, you know, small, shallow um, lakes that 
lots of times have kind of off-colored water, I guess. Um, and then the other thing is um, uh, lakes, lakes that are bigger and deeper and have, you know, really, really good water clarity. And so the Alexandria area, we have lots of those small, shallow lakes, but we also have, um, you know, those big, deep lakes, like I talked about, Ida, Melton, those kind of lakes. So, you know, we've got a really good variety. And the cool thing is we have so many lakes in the Alexandria area that, um, the bite's going to be going at on on some lake, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, that, that's the, that's the cool thing about it. So we've got uh, two weekends in the books. We're into our second full week of uh, walleye fishing season. What have you been seeing and hearing so far in your neck of the woods? Well, I, I guess Kev, the the biggest thing that that I would say is, you know, we started a little slow just because. Um, uh, we had some, you know, a late spring and all that, but right now the bike's really starting to pick up but again on the smaller, shallow lakes. Um, it's starting to really start to go, and, you know, I anticipate that it's just going to get better as we go through the weekend as well. So, you know, we're in a pretty good time right now, and, um, you know, it's it's kind of going to be peak here in the next week or so, I think, as shiners are starting to run now or, or pull up shallow and you know typically that triggers a really good walleye bite in a lot of our lakes so it's kind of that go time i guess is what, what i would call it right now and this time of year there's really no secrets on how to catch walleyes no there's really not you know for me it's a jig and a manila or it's a slip sink or a live bait rig that you know the classic windy rig um and you know i've started to fish plastics a little bit more um a bait that's caught some good fish for me lately is uh, what's called a raid swimmer by strike king uh fishing on a jig head and you know fishing it pretty aggressively um that's put a bunch of fish in in the boat for me as of late as well so um but that jig in the middle is hard to beat and like i said if they're a little finicky then i'll go to the slip sinker live bait right yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's what most people really enjoy doing is jigging minnows. So as long as that bite lasts, I think I'll probably keep trying it. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, the thing about it is that jigging the minnow catches them in all lakes, and that's the cool part about it. It doesn't matter if it's a big, deep lake or a small, shallow lake, jigging the minnow will catch them. Now, one thing for me that's kind of key with that is on the bigger, deeper lakes that I fish that have, you know, good populations of shiners in them. It seems like a jig and a shiner is kind of status quo. You got to have a shiner to get bit the best. On some of our small, shallow lakes, uh, fatheads work just as well as shiners. So, um, you know, you can save yourself some money when you when you go that way too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's exactly right. And and speaking of that, I mean, certainly it's been a a situation here, and I'm hearing statewide. There's there's all kinds of concerns about. The minnows and the number of minnows out there, is that a concern over there as well? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a situation where um, it's been hard to find minnows, quite honestly. Um, you know, but um, uh, they're starting now, like I said, they're starting to run, and that's, that's um, you know, made it a little more... Um, I guess better as far as fishing too, because once you can get the preferred live bait that the fish want, obviously that's going to help you catch them. So yeah, we're starting to see um, you know more and more bait shops now that are that are having the spot tails in pretty good supply. And I actually found some some big red tails at a bait shop also. So um, 
you know it, it's and and the importance you know and the thing about it is, is if you can give them the, the thing that they're feeding on like the spot kill shiner um you know that's really going to increase your odds for for success so um yeah i mean if you can get the right minnow that that's a big part of it right now boy it is and and we've heard so much about that um from your perspective as somebody who's been here for a long time and been involved in fishing for a long time what what are the big biggest issues that are causing this uh, this shortage right now well i think part of it is the fact that you know the minnesota dnr has really put um you know a lot of limitations on where those shiners can come from and so what ends up happening is um you know, it's it's harder for the bait dealers to get shiners just because some of the lakes that uh, they used to be able to get shiners out of, they can't get. So that's a big part of it right now. And then, of course, this year, part of it, too, is the late spring. You know, the, those shiners, they need to come up into their spawn mode for the bait dealers to get them in good numbers. And it's been a long time coming as far as the spawn mode this year. So um, that's a big part of it, too. Um, so right now we talked about jig and minnow. Um, typically that bite lasts till when, and I'm not talking about a day. What are some of the conditions out there we, we need to keep an eye on for us to know we need to, we'll probably need to be start thinking about adjustments. Well, you know, Kev, for me, once, once we get past, you know, Memorial Day, typically, and it might be a little bit, might be a little bit later in this year, but after the shiners are done, and the fish start to get into what I call their summer haunts. They start to get out onto the deeper main lake structure, the sunken islands, the, um, you know, big flats out in the middle of the lake, the edges that they relate to, the sunken humps, um, those kind of things. Once they start to pull out onto those areas, that's really when I start, um, you know, going more to, um, I call it the plane rig. It's a heavy bottom bouncer with a night crawler and start pulling that around and kind of shy away from that jig and middle thing. Um, the one thing is though, that plastic bite, you know, like I said, with that rage swimmer, that's something that catches them, you know, pretty much all year long too. But in terms of the minnow bite, like I said, once the shiner run is over and the fish start pulling out deeper onto the more classic walleye structure, that's when I start to see, um, you know, that bite really starting to take off. Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest is my guest today. We got a lot more to cover with Mike next. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Get away and experience Bemidji's great outdoors. Discover the first city on the Mississippi with the whole family and enjoy unique lodging, encouraging hospitality, and great adventures in a pristine Northwoods setting. With over 400 lakes for fishing, more than 160 miles of bike trail, and amazing campsites, Bemidji is a unique destination to create lasting memories. Go to visitbemidji.com. Bemidji, one step further. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Oh, it's great to have Mike Frisch on the show from Fishing the Midwest. And Mike, in addition to, of course, walleye bites, uh, you know, there's lots of other fish to go for. Um, you've already been able to do some uh, catch and release fishing for bass. Have you done any of that yet? Yes, I have. I have. Um, you know, I've I've spent oh maybe three days bass fishing already. Um, you know, bass are kind of I don't know how to say it. They're my 
love of fair fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I truly enjoy catching walleyes. And, you know, there, there's no question how much fun walleye fishing can be. Um, but, you know, the thing about bass is we've got so many good um, so many good lakes that have good populations of bass that it's, it's you know, um, hard for me, let's say, um, if we get a situation where the um, uh, walleye bite is tough, uh, the bass will go, <laughs> you know. So it, it's just cool that um, we can get out and enjoy, you know, a couple dozen fish days pretty easily uh, with bass fishing across the state of Minnesota. And it's not just the Alexandria area. I mean, it's kind of statewide. I mean, I always, my school of fish classes, I always tell folks, I'm like, um, you know, bass fishing in Minnesota is the best in the world in terms of quality fish. You know, we don't have the big fish, the eight, 10 pound fish like they have in Texas and Florida. But if you take a look at quality, um, you know, numbers of, of really nice two to four, five, even a six pound fish, uh, we have them in Minnesota and and that's the cool thing. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. I I've noticed certainly in the years I've done this show and you've probably noticed it too, uh, as we go into new generations of anglers, uh, especially with social media and the ability to see everything that's going on and find out more things going on. You're seeing less and less people that are just like, I'm a one-species guy, and more and more people that, I love fish and walleyes, but you know what? They're slow this afternoon, so I'm going to go fish bass, and, and just more of that uh, experiencing fishing overall. Yeah, no question, Kev. I mean, for me, and then another thing I talked about in my school fish classes, the beauty or the joy to me of fishing is two things. I get to spend time outside with people that I like being with, you know, friends, family, whatever. Um, and the next one is I love the the pull of a, of a fish pulling back. And that's why if the walleye bite is tough and you can go bass fishing, you're going to get that pull back, you know. So that's a big part of it for me is um, numbers of fish, numbers of good fish, and I still like, you know, getting bit and setting the hook and, and fighting the fish. Yeah. Um so as we uh, as we get ready for really just getting ready for the season because it's just getting started, um, I think the the thing I've learned is like we just talked about: be ready to fish for anything. Be ready to fish for pans, panfish. Be ready to fish for bass. Uh, be ready to fish for whatever's biting that particular day. Exactly, Kevin. That's like one of the things. Like in touched on a little bit ago is the next generation of anglers and you know i have got some friends some of them are, are people that do some camera work for us but um are you know 20 some year old guys i call them kids and they have done it differently than how i did it you know i grew up it had to be a walleye and then it, i for a while it had to be a bass and now it just has to be a fish that pulls back <laughs> you know <laughs> but but these guys and gals are, um, they're fishing multi-species and they're fishing multi-techniques and they're keying in on the peak bite. And man, I wish I would have had that, that mindset when I was younger because I spent some days chasing walleyes during, 
you know, mayfly hatches and other conditions that were not conducive to catching them um, where I could have been fishing bass. And, you know, I think this next generation of anglers has it figured out maybe a little bit better than we did, or at least than I did. You mentioned the School of Fish. Um, what's going on with that? Are, are you plenty busy with that, I'm guessing? Yeah, Kev, we're rocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do about 30 classes a year we could do more because we get contacts from people all the time um and sometimes i just can't sit anymore in you know but we i can't remember the exact number i think we had 29 or 30 on the schedule this year we're about oh two-thirds through we've had over 400 kids come through already um it's just a lot of fun um you know the thing is people say that you know, kids are changing and and all this, and that's not true. Um, you know, you know, people criticize kids sometimes because they're on their mobile devices or their laptop or their iPad or whatever, and they're not engaged in the outdoor sports or they're not out playing baseball on the sand lot or whatever. And we kind of blame it on the kids. Well, it's not the kid; it's the adults because you know, giving a kid an iPad or a cell phone is an easy way to entertain them. <laughs> you know, where if um, we provided them more outdoor activities like fishing, uh, they're going to love it, you know, and that's what I see in school of fish. I mean, these kids are as excited about it as, uh, you know, we're, we're in our 11th year now, Kevin. I, I think these kids are every bit as excited about fishing as they were 10 years ago or when I was a kid. We just got to make sure that we get them exposed to it and we got to get exposed to it early because once they get to where that mode is, it's all about electronics and it's all about, you know, um, one of the things I see is the cool factor, I call it, when kids get to be about fifth or sixth grade, um, they don't do things like fishing maybe unless their friends do it. Um, it's got to be cool. And, you know, it's, it's weird because I see third, fourth graders just on fire for fishing. Um, when they're fifth and sixth graders, if they haven't had some exposure, they're a little bit more hesitant. So I think that the key is get to them early and, and show them how much fun it is. Okay. As we uh, get into 2023 and we're looking at uh, stuff we should buy, anything, bes- I mean, everybody's got new electronics they could buy, like every week something new comes out. But anything else out there that you find interesting that uh, people should maybe give a look at? Well, one of the things, Kev, that is is gotten you know really popular in the last few years is um tungsten you know tungsten mm-hmm. fishing lures and there's various companies that um make tungsten walleye jigs um panfish jigs you know tungsten is really popular in the ice fishing world of course um but now uh, there's some tungsten offerings in the bass world, like, for instance, Striking has a new uh, tungsten vibrating jig, um, a, a thunder cricket it's called, and they've also got a tungsten casting jig. And the beauty of tungsten is, first of all, it's environmentally friendly, so, you know, we're not um, dropping lead in the lake if we break a line off. But the other thing is, which is important in the clear water that we have, is tungsten allows us to fish heavy, as I call it, but in a smaller profile because tungsten is denser than lead. So, you know, tungsten took over the ice fishing world probably 10 years ago, and I'm starting to see more and more of it in the walleye world as well, and I think that, um, or in the bass world as well, and I I think that's going to help our fishing because in the clear water conditions that we have, lots of times a smaller profile um, 
is what it takes in in those clear waters to trigger fish. So you still want the weight, but you get a little less profile, and I think that's important. So, you know, that tungsten craze, like I said, was big in the ice fishing world, and it's starting to show up in the open water world, too. When we come back, we'll find out what we can expect to see on the next season of Fishing the Midwest, and we've got a fast five from Mike Frisch. Hi, this is Chuck Hassey on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest is my guest, and Mike... As we get ready for, again, the season, you're out filming. I know that you are not going to tell us exactly where you're filming, but you're, you're featuring the Alec area. What are some of the other areas you got planned for this year? So the Alec area, um, we're going to do a couple shows in the Alec area. We go to uh, Cabotogama every year. We're going up there the first couple days of June. Um, we're headed to Big Stone as soon as um we get uh, the right conditions. We want to target some of those big bluegills that they got going on there. Um, in terms of other destinations, you know, we will be someplace in South Dakota. I'm not exactly sure where. We're going to try to hit North Dakota as well, and we're going to try to get out and fish with the Shakurits in Wisconsin as well. And, uh, you know, so that schedule kind of evolves as the season goes on because what we like to do is we like to key in on you know, the places where the bite is the best or maybe a unique opportunity or something like that. So, you know, like I said, we've got Cab, we've got Big Stone, and we've got the Alexander area locked in. But other than that, our schedule is pretty fluent, and I love that because that allows us to get to places um, when the bite is peaking. And that's, you know, that's what we like to do. We like to catch them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes filming a lot easier, right? (laughs) <laughs> absolutely absolutely so um so what do you do i mean do you uh happen to you know you hear something hot's going on and you call your uh, crew and say we got to get over here is that how it works yeah, we do that. Many other things, Kev, you know, we, we'll key in on that part of it. If we hear that there's a unique or a hot bike going on that we want to we wanna key in on. Or the other thing, too, is we do a lot of how-to um, stuff on, you know, how to catch them on a certain lure. But one of the things, one of the reasons that our schedule isn't um, or stays fluid is because we try to highlight some of the new lures that will be 2024 lures. and and so when i can get more information on you know we we work with striking and lose there are you know our primary rod real line lower sponsors when i get more information from them regarding what's coming for 24 and get some samples uh, we like to highlight that and, and show our viewers um you know what's coming because you know ultimately our shows air during the middle of uh, the winter, um, you know, first quarter. So the stuff that we show will be stuff that will be available in the marketplace at that time so the consumer can buy it and, um, you know, fish with it. So that drives our schedule quite a bit as well. All right. Mulbite, before we wrap it up, are you ready for a fast five? 
Heck yeah, I love the Fast Five, Kevin. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Fast Five. Did I start off? Question number one. It's dessert time. Are you having pie or cake? I'm having pie. Pumpkin pie with whipped cream on top. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Question number two. You have been told you can only fish one lake the rest of your life. You can fish every day, but it's got to be on one lake. What lake is that going to be? Oh, my goodness. I know. It's, everybody hates that question. Lake Ida. <laughs> Lake Ida. Okay. Tell me yeah. why. Uh, walleyes, big walleyes, giant walleyes, lots of largemouth bass, an evolving smallmouth bass uh, population, and a bunch of good panfish. Okay. Question number three, going back to your high school days, who was your high school celebrity crush? Uh, Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> okay. Question number four. I, I by the way, Kev. Yes. By the way, if Eddie Van Halen went pulled into the picture, I think I had a shot. Yeah, I, I bet you did. I bet she loves. <laughs> I bet she loves fishing. <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I interrupted. That's all right. Question number four. I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Vikings or Packers? Packers all made every day. Ooh, ouch. I didn't know that one. That hurts. But Well, Kev, here's what happened. When I was nine years old, the Vikings broke my heart. Okay. And I, I swore him off <laughs> at when I was nine. And I know I know it's time to get over it, but, you know, I just can't. Well, you know, at least you've got a super a couple Super Bowl champions to, to celebrate. I don't, so. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but hey, but hey, Cav. Yeah. In the words, in the words of every Viking fan I know, next year. Next year, yes. That is uh, that is our rallying cry. It has been <laughs> since I was about nine years old too. <laughs> All right. Question number five: What is the best way to make fish when it's time to cook them up? I go to my mom's house. She uses uh, Gary Roach's fish batter, I think. Mm. And it's walleyes, and I'm not a great fish eater, ironically. <laughs> but my mom, my mom makes the best um, walleyes ever, and, and that's her secret. Her secret, Gary Roach. All right. Yeah. One more thing before we wrap it up: uh, if people are hearing a little bit about uh, uh, School of Fish and thinking they might want to do that, what's the best way to get on on your radar? Uh, they can go to our website, fishingthemidwest.com click on the School of Fish link, and they can see the information there. Um, my contact information is there as well. But I guess the easy answer is schoolofish at outlook.com. They can shoot me an email, and I'll get back to them, and we can see if we can work something out. All right. And uh, you talked about it earlier, but as we go into this long holiday weekend, looks like it's going to be pretty mild weather. Uh, what should we be doing on the water? If you can get spot tail shiners, get on the edge of the first brake line, maybe right up on that top lip. Depending on how clear the water is, you might have to long line a jig or pitch a jig. Um, it should be a spot tail shiner, of course. Um, cover water, but um, they're going to go this weekend, I believe, Kev. Jigging a minnow like we talked about, that first lip, um, the fish might actually pull up shallow if the shiners are running. 
So if you've got some sand flats on your lake, you might want to pitch up into that five or six foot of depth, water depth as well. All right, he's Mike Fish from Fishing the Midwest. You can catch him on what what uh, what networks carry the show now? Okay, so Kev, right now, second quarter, we've got some airings on Valley Sports North. Um, we've got some stuff that ran first quarter that's running again now, and then we've got some new episodes coming up. And then we are on uh, the Sportsman's Channel, but that was Q1, so that run is over. But quarter three and quarter four, World Fishing Network will be airing all 13 episodes for 2023, four times a week during the third and fourth quarter. And, of course, you can stream us on My Outdoor TV as well. My Outdoor TV. All right. Mike, great to have you on the show again today. Enjoy your shoot uh, this week, and enjoy the fishing next time you get out there. Hey, Kev, thanks. Always enjoy the opportunity to visit with you. That's it for today's show. Again, if you're listening on KB101, you may get an edited version of our shows. If you want to hear the entire interview, you can do that through the podcast, which you can get to at KB101FM.com. Or if you ever miss a show, the interviews are always available on the podcast at KBUNSportsRadio.com, KB101FM.com, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again to Mike Frisch for being here, and thanks, more importantly, to you for taking the time to listen. I really do appreciate it. Michelle, popcorn, yeah.